Welcome to BookMe, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. I'm Costas Alvarezos. Today, It's Our Time, the story of the Preston Township. Most African Nova Scotians can trace their ancestry to three distinct groups that arrived over about a 30-year period. Black Loyalists after the American War of Independence, about five or six hundred of the so-called Maroons who were exiled from Jamaica in 1796, and then about 2,500 black refugees following the War of 1812. But aside from the historical data, the numbers and dates, stop for a moment to consider the experiences they were fleeing, from enslavement as farm workers and often subhuman living conditions, to persecution by the British Crown in the hills of Jamaica. Then there were the ship voyages, to a country which had winters none had ever experienced and where you suddenly had to build your own shelter. Many of the survivors of those traumatic experiences found their way to a cluster of communities to the east of Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Their story is one of remarkable resilience, considering new obstacles they faced in their new country. It's Our Time, honoring the African Nova Scotian communities of East Preston, North Preston, and Lake Loon Cherrybrook, was researched and written by Wanda Taylor. But today, I'm speaking with someone who had a special role in the creation of this book, the Reverend Dr. Joyce Ross. Welcome to Book Me. Glad to be with you and have a chat with you this afternoon. Now, I've interviewed many authors and illustrators and editors, but this is the first time I've spoken with the inspiration for a book. Uh, (laughs) Wanda Taylor says that in 2016, there was an event in Halifax you heard about and it upset you, and your reaction really set this book in motion. What can you tell us about that event? It was a group of students who attended events that was at one of the universities in Halifax. And they were in a class, and they were talking about this. The time that was a lot of shooting going on in the Preston area, and then something came up, which a derogatory remark was cast that really hurt the student. She said, I was going to university to learn. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to, ver- to university to have my community put down. She said, I felt so embarrassed if it had been and the hole in the floor, I would have went through it. And I felt, well, all of they're doing is talking about the bad things. I felt we're better than what people are putting out there. We need to get some good news publicized. So that's when I went to bed and I just prayed over it. I just felt, you know, we got to do something. I thought about it and I got one lady in East Preston. Uh, uh, her name was Regina James. And I said, listen, I got something that I'd like to do. And would you be willing to work with me to get it going? And she said, I'd love to. Then uh, I went to the Right Payers Association in our community and, and brought the idea before them. And, and uh, the Right Payers chairperson at that time, which was Spencer Curry, they approved that I move forward and that I chair the idea. So then everything from that is history. <laughs> but even then, did you think of a book as being part of the way of dealing with that original issue? Yes, the first thing we did, we thought we have someone in the community who's an artist who writes, and we would start with her because she's from the Preston area, Wanda Taylor, and ask her if she could write the first book, and we hope to have more coming. But this is just a snapshot of where we come from, how we got here, and some of the accomplishments that we have made in the black community. 
Just going back a bit into the history of it, as I mentioned, many of the refugees ended up on land we know as the Preston Township today, and that includes North and East Preston and Loon Lake Cherry Brook. Compared to the amount and quality of land the British Crown granted to white loyalists and the New England planters who came at the same time, how did the township's land compare? Well, we got the worst of land, actually, because, I mean, in our communities, we got lots of bedrock and clay. But our forefathers were able to develop that land to become farmers and raise uh, animals and plant food to keep us alive. Our people were people of survivors, creativity, and able to do things to keep things moving. I understand that, in fact, in many cases, these were not actual land grants in Preston Township, that African Nova Scotians only received what was known as a license of occupation. In other words, they didn't receive title to the land they lived on and worked on. No, they didn't receive titles, and the land that people lived on and worked on, it was sort of handed down to their families. But for to get a clear title to their land, it is very costly. And up to this date, there's still some people don't have clear titles to their land and able to develop. Back there in those days, you didn't have to get a mortgage to build a house, which you have to do now. So it didn't matter. But now we are still surviving, but we, we didn't get the best of land. We were put back here because they thought that we wouldn't survive, but we survived. One of the central institutions in these communities has been the Baptist Church. And one figure looms large in the history, and that is Richard Preston. What can you tell us about how he came to Nova Scotia? Richard Preston came, and I'm not sure if he was a slave or not, but he came to Preston Township in search of his mother. And he found his mother here in East Preston. By finding his mother, I think he took the name Preston, but Preston was here. We didn't take our name from Richard Preston. I ah. think he took, his, he took the name of Preston because he found his mother here. And then beyond that, he lived in this area for a while, and he went to England to educate himself, came back as a Baptist preacher. And quite a renowned preacher, I understand. Baptist preacher. And he developed our African Baptist Association, as well as several of our Baptist churches. Now, the book explores the, the importance of education for Preston Township, but also the struggles to get resources that were anywhere near what children in nearby Halifax or Dartmouth enjoyed. What can you tell us about the obstacles that had to be overcome? Well, we had schools, but we didn't have the proper materials in the schools to educate our children. And when our children did get into their high school, they were always pushed into remedial classes not to prepare themselves for university. That, too, was a struggle. Even though we thought we were getting better educated, we were being pushed one way or pushed into sports. But now that has changed. The difficulty was we didn't have what we needed, and they wanted integrated schools. We thought our children would get out into integrated schools and things would get better, only to find still all black classrooms in the integrated schools, which we thought that wasn't going to happen. But we persevered, and we continued to fight until we got equality. We still can't say that equality is there in every sense, because I'm not sure that it is. And in fact, a a lot of the students from Preston Township now have to bus to other communities, whereas white students don't have to bus to a school in the Prestons. No, 
I was a trustee at um, the school board at that time, and I fought for the reverse. Because in a sense, by doing that, it makes our children, our young children can think one way that, okay, the only way I can make it good is I got to go into a white community. So we're forever teaching our children that you are somebody, that we are all a part of the creation. But it's just that we got to fight hard and work hard to be able to accomplish our goals. What about the health and social services these communities needed? What, what were some of the key successes? Well, I wouldn't say it was a key success when the social service came on stream because uh, when our young folks needed was in a position where they needed places to live outside the community, it only provided housing outside the community, which took our youth away when they could have stayed in the community and been supported by their parents and grandparents by providing housing in the community for people to live in. And what about developing things like daycare and family health resources? Well, Me and Five Women was the product of the East Preston Daycare Center because I was working in the community as a community health aide. And when I went to the Patrick River School, the principal there told me, oh, the 98 children, 48 children needed auxiliary and remedial help. And I asked him what he meant by that. And he was telling me the things that they didn't know, light switches, or they didn't know escalators. I mean, in 1967 was the first escalator and landed in Halifax, and adults didn't know what an escalator was. So they had all these IQ tests built on city orientation, and I told them they were wrong. And I went to the school board, and I fought it. I said, give the children the IQ test based on their surroundings. So that's when the daycare come into being. And we were able to be very successful, one of the number one child care centers in the province of Nova Scotia and Canada, and bringing out children to the point where it got so great that the children from our daycare center went to schools and uh, said the, the difference was like day and night compared to other kids coming into the school. And they come to visit me and they thought that we should cut back because our children were getting a hit too fast. I said, I don't think so. You have the money to do it. You changed the program. I'm not. First, we didn't know anything. Now you're telling me the children is too developed when they come to school. That's still not my problem. It's your problem. You can't win. No, that's right. So no matter how hard we work and what we do, they still try to find roadblocks. Can you tell us about the 2019 homecoming, which also goes back to, you know, that initial incident you told uh, told me about at the beginning of the interview. Tell us about the, the homecoming and what it meant to the generations who grew up in the Preston Township and who live there today. It brought four communities together when we attempted to do that with the representatives from East Preston, and we got representatives from North Preston, and we got representatives from Cherry Brook, and we made up a committee of 12, and the executive director of the Black Culture Center from the Nova Scotia Home. The whole homecoming was to bring all of our folks that's been away for several years to come back home and see how our land has been developed in the beautiful communities that we live in right now. And about how many people came? We had over 3,000 in attendance and they were all across Upper Canada and even the United States. By bringing three communities together, it's one of the greatest things that could ever happen for the Preston Township because we are highly recognized by government and outsiders being able to come together and unite ourselves to have an event that attracted so many people. 
I'll bet that your work is never done. What are some of the things you'd like to see happen in the Preston Township that haven't been fully realized yet? Housing and clear land titles. Because if we, if I had a piece of land and I wanted to build a house on, it would cost me twice as much to get it cleared and get all the testings and everything done. To order to build on that land, they're still making it very difficult for us to build in the Preston Township. And that's got to change. Well, Reverend Ross, thank you very much for speaking with me today on Book Me. Well, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you, and I just pray that what I said, <laughs> that will give people an understanding of where we come from, where we've been, where we are now, and where we're moving forward to. We are moving forward to developing, continuing to developing wonderful communities, and we welcome anyone to come into our communities and see how we have grown, how we have developed, we're just moving forward. We're, we're moving, as the old uh, saying with the George Jefferson show used to say, we're moving on up. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Ross, thank you very much. Uh, I just want to say thank you for considering an interview with me. The Reverend Dr. Joyce Ross is the inspiration for the book, It's Our Time, honoring the African Nova Scotian communities of East Preston, North Preston, and Lake Loon Cherrybrook. It's written by Wanda Taylor and published by Nimbus. We have dozens of conversations for you with people who create books in Atlantic Canada, authors, illustrators, editors, designers. In today's case, at Inspiration, they're all on bookmepodcast.ca. Pass the word to your fellow readers. If you'd like to comment on a podcast, our email address is info at bookmepodcast.ca. On Instagram, get an alert every time we post a new interview. Just follow at bookmepodcast. If you're in the Lunenburg County area, you can hear one of our podcasts every evening on the nonprofit radio station CHLU 93.7 FM, just before sign-off around 9 o'clock. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. Our producer is Robin Grant, and the mayor of our digital township is Laura Hines. I'm Costas Halvrezos. Now, let's go read. Mm-hmm.